0: Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire, and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. Welcome everyone to the pockets of knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley. And with me today is my esteemed guest, Amy Weiss. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this podcast. Thank you. And I'm so glad that you're on the show today, hearing your story and the journey that you've been on in in building not just one business, not just two businesses, but three businesses and more. And so I'm so thrilled to hear about it and um, have you share that with our listeners. So let's jump right in. Let's start with did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Was a business starting a business always something that you knew you wanted to do or did it just develop? Uh,
1: definitely not. I grew up in you know the traditional rich dad poor dad situation <laughs> where everybody in my family has always had a job you know you grow up you you go to school, you get good grades, you try to find a good job you know, you, you try to get uh, paid enough and live a good life and have the house and the, you know, the things that you need. And, uh and that's pretty much it. So I had, no idea. I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit though. I've always had the spirit of an inventor. I've always been a creator. I've I've always carried around a little notebook of ideas. I would sketch things in. I always tell people like Pinterest was my idea first. Doesn't matter because, you know, I didn't execute it. Ideas are cheap, right? Uh, But yeah, so I've always liked to create. I've liked that process and While I was in the military, I had a nonprofit fitness organization. I started selling on Amazon just as a hobby when, you know, it's like 2007, but you can't really call those businesses. Like looking back now, you know, now seeing how much I've grown as a business owner, um, I I don't really consider that as as being those as being businesses. More of like self employed kind of little side hustle things. But yeah, I had no idea it kind of just happened. I I, in fact, when I realized I needed to quit my job, I was working in cybersecurity for the Air Force. And uh, when I realized I needed to quit my job, I was it was a kind of an aha moment for me. I was like, oh, it hadn't occurred to me. I just thought I could just launch a product and still keep working at my <laughs> very demanding uh, you know, day job and yeah so it's been a true growing experience for sure
0: so talk about that for just a second because you mentioned the air force and you did serve in the military and and thank you for that um and we, we we chatted about that recently when we were together at a retreat which was fantastic so that was kind of your first career if you will well
1: I have been working I was raised by a single mom and I've been working since I was like seven years old so um my parents divorced when I was like five, I think I was four um, or maybe five. I don't remember exactly. It was around there. And, um, and we didn't have any money at the time. My, my mom was a single mom and she didn't have a job when my parents divorced. And so we actually started a craft business. Um, my mom's friend had a craft business. And um, so we kind of learned the skills from her. And so I, you know, I started crafting and going to these crafting shows at a very, very young age. And then I started a paper route at seven years old with my older brother. And then by nine years old, I was actually babysitting full-time for a toddler in my neighborhood all summer long. And so, you know, I've always worked. Uh, and then, you know, after after that, my first W-2 job was McDonald's. So I started as just regular uh, person working at McDonald's, cashier, that kind of thing at uh, 14 years of age. And I very quickly moved up to crew chief position where, you know, you're running the whole shift, you're managing everybody. McDonald's taught me so much. Their systems are amazing. I love systems. Um, and, you know, I worked there for years. Uh, I know how to do everything at a McDonald's, like from breakfast all the way to lunch and the, the dinner and closing and opening and uh, you know, I can make a Big Mac with my eyes closed, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, that's, that's the beauty of, of systems. And so I learned that from McDonald's and then um, you know, I started working uh, at—I was going to college, trying to pay for my own college—and uh, I started working at uh, Target. I started as a cashier, ended as an executive at Target, and was running uh, one of their garden centers in California, it was one of the largest garden centers that Target has. And then I started working for a horticulture company that provides all the plants to Lowe's, Kmart, and Home Depot. Um, I learned Excel. I learned accounting from that. And then from there, that catapulted me into an accounting career for a home healthcare agency. Um, And I was only 19 years old at that point. Um, You know, I had so much business experience and work experience by that point in my life. And at that point, I joined the military, because I realized, you know, there's no way that I'm going to be able to pay for my school, there's no way that I'm going to move up in any of these careers and i really wanted to travel i really wanted to get out um so i joined the air force at 19 years old or actually 20 years old is when i entered and i i was in boot camp when i turned 21 <laughs> yeah it was um crazy and i was in the military for 18 years and um and met my husband and you know we have two two children and um you know it's it's been an, a wild ride and so we i retired in in 2018 And um, you went full-time e-commerce and full-time
0: entrepreneur from there. Wow! So really, you have had that entrepreneurial spirit from the beginning. It sounds like at you know such a young age you were involved with your mom and in crafting. Really growing a business right from the start. That to me sounds like you had that you know knowledge to just really run with what you decided to do after you retired. So tell us a little bit more about that. You were sort of running, um, selling a product and and working at the same time and then decided, I'm going to just do this full-time. So tell us more about it.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, really my working from a young age was not entrepreneurial at all. It was out of necessity. You know, we didn't have any money, so you know, you have to hustle and do whatever you can do. So, you know, that, that was really out of just the need to take care of family and, and to, to survive, you know, that survival instinct. I do think it translates well to, and entrepreneurial spirit now, you know, as far as grit and not giving up and knowing you can figure anything out, you know, uh, not waiting for someone else's formula, you know, just going for it, starting somewhere, having amazing work ethic. I mean, I think all of those qualities um, can be really helpful in business. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, I had no intention of of doing this. I had no intention of deciding to retire and, and start I thought I would, you know, be with the military until I, you know, was whatever, 60 years old or whatever retirement age. And then, you know, I I had no idea, but I've always had that sketch something, figure something out. I liked creating, um, on the side, you know, so I had a problem. I didn't like cleaning the cat litter box. I don't think anyone does. And, um, I actually have chronic severe migraines. It means I get 15 or more migraines a month the one of my triggers is smells and my cat's litter box was causing me to get migraines all the time. And uh, we were cleaning it constantly. And I, I didn't want to get rid of my cats. I have three cats and I didn't want to have to rehome them. They bring me so much joy. And I was like, you know what, there has to be a better way. You know, I tried all of these different things. So every time I would travel with the military, I was gone 10 months out of the year in my cybersecurity career. So, um, you know, every time I travel and I'd be in a hotel and kind of have time by myself, I would sketch a better litter box and none of them worked, you know, I would get, get to the end of the sketch, and this is the beginning of anyone's idea phase right just sketch it see if you can make it work in your sketch right you don't have to be an artist just figure it out right. So I'm sketching these things and I'm like, man, this, it doesn't make any sense. You know, this is the same, too much like something else that I've tried. And I was back home one day and I woke up like at two o'clock in the morning and just like, oh my gosh, that's it. Like the litter box is actually the problem. Like I keep trying to create a better litter box, but it's not, that's not what the answer is. It needs to be a separate device to make it really easy to clean. So I started, I woke up, started ripping apart a laundry bin, started like trying to, you know, making a total mess in my house at two o'clock in the morning. And then as soon as Home Depot opened, I was like, I have something here. This I have to finish this idea. And so, you know, I go to Home Depot and um, I, I'm all secretive with the poor old man who's helping me thinking he's going to steal my idea or something, you know, and he's like, what are you building? And I'm like, I can't tell you, but it's just, you know, anyway. Uh, so, you know, I built my prototype that day out of hardware mesh, uh, and, and, uh, uh, a bin, like a waste bin and, um, a little wooden frame, and I dumped the litter box into it, and man, it worked well. Like wow. it was incredible. And I was like, man, this is so easy. I have something here. This is really great. And that's when I kind of got the bug of like, I wonder if I could do something with this, right? Started looking it up, seeing if I could patent it. You know, I went on up, upcouncil.com and found a patent attorney. Um, just started, you know, trying different things. And, um, I'm a very educated woman, you know, during my career in the air force, I went to school full-time while I was in the air force. And I now have five college degrees and two master's degrees, an MBA, as well as a master of science in cybersecurity. Um, so I'm a very educated woman. I'm the type of woman that doesn't quit. I'm the type of woman that has an incredible work ethic. And for me, I got very frustrated Desiree because I didn't understand why it was so hard to take a product from a prototype and put it on the market. Mm -hmm. And I would reach out to all of these companies, you know, that supposedly help with design. You know, I tried out for shark tank season 18, like everybody wanted $30,000 or more to take my drawing and turn it into another drawing. And I was like, this can't be this hard. This can't be the answer. Like I'm not accepting this answer. This isn't it. There's too many people like me who are smart, who have ideas and they can't be running into these roadblocks, right? So I would just, it made me mad and that fueled me. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And when I do, I'm going to share it with everybody who will listen because I want to help. And I want to bring this product to market. But not only that, I want to help other people who have these same roadblocks that me, a very educated woman who doesn't get intimidated by much, right? Right is running into. And that's how it started. You know, I never intended to have a consulting firm. I never intended to, I just started by how can I figure this out? How can I bring this product to market? Because it works so well and I never want to scoop another litter box again. And how can I help other people along the way? And everything else just kind of happened after that.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you had a need and you found a way to fill that need and not just for yourself, but for a lot of other people who have that same need, right? I know growing up, we had cats. That is not fun in any way. We enjoyed the cats. You're absolutely right. They bring us so much joy, but that part of it is the least favorite thing, right? So that's amazing. And I love your sign behind you. Amazing at home. And what you're doing is amazing because my gosh, I had no idea that you had so many college degrees that's phenomenal. And you're right. It does take grit, determination that I'm not going to give up. I'm going to get my answer and figure out how to make this work. And I think that's why, you know, you've been so successful so far is, is not giving up. And, and that's awesome. I love it. So talk about your consulting business a little bit. What are you doing with that? And and who are you consulting with?
1: Yeah. So in the beginning, when I first started um, sharing, you know, I would just go live um, in a, you know, Facebook group, I would go live on YouTube. I would post on social media. Hey guys, this is what I figured out today, you know? And, um, and I started kind of developing a following. And the other thing was my molds for my product were very expensive. They were like $42,000. I lived from a place of, you know, like I never want to be in debt. You know, I always, you know, I'm a saver mattress money kind of person. And so I was like, you know, I really need to pay off these molds because I don't want to launch my product and then go, you know, into deeper debt because, you know, I'm not making enough to to pay off these molds. So uh, being in cybersecurity and being pretty good at um, uh, figuring things out, (laughs) uh, I got pretty good at search engine optimization, SEO, because SEO is essentially hacking the search engine, right? Like understanding how to optimize copy for, um, yeah. for search is is very much like hacking. So I started, um, we started doing like wholesale on Amazon, where we would buy products and, and sell them online. And, um, and this was all kind of in preparation for like launching the private label brand. Because we're like, you know, how can we learn? Amazon had changed a lot since I started in 2007 as a hobby, you know? And so I was like, man, I got to learn this. Like, let's try these different business models. We had some friends doing retail arbitrage, stuff like that. We're like, we're going to try it all. We're going to do retail arbitrage. We're going to do. So you know, I'm trying to pay off these molds. And I started with wholesale. I started writing my own listings. I would make multi packs stuff like that. I'd write my own listings and I would do really well. Like I really figured out this SEO stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm good at this, you know? So then in the beginning, I started hiring people to write my listings for me. But then I was like, man, I'm I'm good at this. I can do this much better. And uh, so I was like, I thought I could make some money writing listings for people. Um, so I started posting on Fiverr. Uh, that I could write listings for people to pay off these molds, right? And I would take people's really saturated products, and I would just rewrite their listing to sell them in a new category or under new keywords. So for example, if you were selling a felt letter board, and that was really saturated at the time, I would sell it as an office sign, I would rewrite your whole listing, it's an office sign, there's an opportunity here, nobody's selling this, this is a great receptionist sign, right? Um, So I would re reword the whole listing. And then what Amazon does is it re-indexes that copy and puts you in a new category. And all of a sudden you have no competition and you're in front of the customer looking for your solution. So, um, you know, I would write these listings and people would be like, how did you do that? This is like the fourth person that I've had write my listing. And finally I'm sold selling out of this product. And I thought it was a lost cause. And they would ask me to consult with them. And I'm like, I don't do that. I was still working full-time at my job. I was like, you know, I don't, Don't do that. And people kept asking and kept asking and kept asking. I kept turning around listings for people. And you know, and finally I was like, fine, $50, meet me on Google Hangouts, you know, whatever, right? Like I'll help you with some stuff on Amazon, you know? Well. I apparently was very good at that, and people really liked having the help. And they kept spreading the word. Many of my clients they grew very quickly to like six figures in a month, um, and they started saying, "Sorry, Amy, but I told other people about you." You know, <laughs> so here I am, still working at my full time job for the Air Force, and I would come home from work. And I was running my private label too, like still launching products, like getting all this stuff done, ordering new products from China, learning, importing. And then at the same time, I'm helping all these people with the operations of their business, of their Amazon stores, right? And and writing listings and doing all this stuff and I would come home from work and I would be on coaching calls five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, you know, and it was just, it got insane. And pretty soon I started taking like two weeks of leave at a time from work because I'd be like, okay, I got to catch up. Like, and I would still be a month behind. And finally I had a friend through church who um, said, Amy, you have to quit your job. (laughs) He was an entrepreneur, Efton. And he was like, you have to quit your job. And it just had never occurred to me <laughs> to quit my job. I was like, no, you don't understand, Epton. I pay the bills. I have a mortgage. I can't just quit my job. <laughs> and he was like, uh, didn't you say you're like turning down clients? And I was like, yeah, but I paid the mortgage. <laughs> he was like, yeah, but what do you think would happen if you actually focused on this like full time and you didn't turn down clients and you grew it? And I was like, I'm afraid you don't understand. Yeah. I pay the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so he uh, helped me quit. He helped me develop a plan, figure out how to leave my job. And um, he came around right at the right time. And it was a huge leap of faith for me. And I left my job and went right into two businesses. And uh, yeah, so that's that's how Amazing at Home started. And it's funny because I bought this domain name because uh, I was going to do like a YouTube vlog thing and like featuring people being amazing at home. But I got so many fiber orders that I started, you know, with the consulting and everything that I was like, okay, I'll just build a website because this is crazy. And the fiber fees are really high. So, and now I have all these people reaching out to me. So I'll just build a website. So it had this domain name, amazing at home. And I just used it to build the website over the weekend. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> and now it's, you know, we rated by Amazon sellers as one of the top three consulting companies in the world. So that's Pretty exciting, but yeah, no intention of calling this amazing at home from the start.
0: Got it. Well, thank you for sharing the detail of how that came about. And oh my gosh, right. We we grow up with a kind of mindset that has just been in place for such a long time. Like you have to just get the job and then you get the house and it's the white picket fence and whatever. And that's just what you do until you retire. And it's not that way anymore, right? We, We have all figured out that there's so many different ways that we can live our lives, have careers. They don't have to be that, you know, traditional sort of plan that was in place before that everybody just did, you know, and you really have just run with that. That's fantastic. But I could see how it would be pretty scary. Initially, I have the security of this job and it pays my bills. I don't know if the security is going to be there with this other stuff. And um, it's amazing that you amazing that you did it. Congratulations Thank you so
1: much. I, I, um, I can't imagine, you know, I think all of us as entrepreneurs, we reach a point when we do go full-time um, on our own, we reach a point where we realize that we've done it. And then also in that moment, we realize we can never go back. And I remember I was driving my car. I started actually teaching classes at, uh, I, I started on my lunch hour going to the small business association classes at the small business development center. And I quickly outgrew them. And then I started teaching for them at Launch San Antonio and some of the other uh, business organizations around here. I wanted to give back. you know. I'll never forget. I was driving home from a launch class. I was like, I just had this moment of, oh my gosh, I've made it. I can never go back. Everything has changed. I've reached, I don't know, to call it a, a threshold or just kind of, I've, Crossed over right, and um, and that was a really cool moment to just reflect on because I think a lot of us when we go full time into business, like we don't know how to pay ourselves in the beginning, we don't know how to hire our first employee, we can't even imagine someone else, you know, doing something for us and us trusting them. Even if you manage people, for me, like I managed teams in the military. I you know I was an operations officer for for um, cyber squadron and you know, so I had immense responsibilities and, um, and a lot of experience and a lot of education. And um, it's different when it's your business. It's different when you're the one making all the decisions. It's not the same. So yeah, I, I think that that was such a unique moment. And now as a consultant, I get to hold people's hands as they make some of the scariest decisions of their life. You know, they put their whole livelihood, they're making those leaps. And it's, it's nice to be able to tell them, hey guys, I know this is hard right now. I know it's scary, but the grass
0: is green over here, I promise. And we're gonna get there. <laughs> uh, I love it. And I was gonna ask you to just uh, speak a little bit about that, like that initial hiring of people. At what point did you just say like, okay, that's it? Because I mean, you've done a lot and a lot of things all at once. And what was the turning point for you where you said, okay, that's it. I just, I've got to have some help. Well, I'm an avid reader, you know, listening. I listen
1: to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot and, you know, I'm very educated and I always try to learn more and, um, and I guess I, I realized, you know, I was reading some of Mike Michalowicz's books and, um, you know, like the pumpkin plan and he has one oh, clockwork. That one's really, that one was really impactful for me in the beginning. I realized, you know, I can't get out of being self-employed. I can't be a business owner If I'm always doing all the work in the business, I have to grow beyond this. And, um, so I tried to just come up with a plan to start outsourcing some things. And I followed some of the guidance in the books. And I actually, my, my third business that I started was a China sourcing, um, trip company. So I started taking people to China And teaching them how to walk the floors with manufacturers, teaching them how to source products, how to negotiate, how to import, how to do product development, all of that kind of stuff. I would be gone to China for a month at a time and, you know, have these entrepreneurs from around the world meeting me there. And, you know, that alone was one of those moments where I was just like, you know, in the penthouse suite at the top of this hotel in Guangzhou and going, oh my gosh, this is my life. Like, how did I even get here? I have no idea, but I'm so grateful. And, um, you know, and I realized, like, I need to be able, if I really want to keep doing this, if I want to keep having an impact, if I want to keep, you know, practicing my unique spark of the divine and and helping others in on this journey, I cannot be tied to the business, I have to be able to get out of it, right. So I started by just hiring my first person, you know, hiring my my second hand person that, you know, could Help me with listings because I was still writing listings. I was still consulting. I was still running my private label brand, you know, uh, hired a few people in the private label brand just to help with, you know, same thing, administrative stuff, social media, that kind of stuff. And yeah, so that's, that was what, made me do that is just realizing that if I ever wanted to grow, I had to get past this barrier and I had to trust people and then surrounding myself with people who were stronger than me, who were better than me, who could, you know, push me in that direction. And, oh, wow, you have how many people working for you? You know, what can I learn from you? Started my own podcast where I had somebody awesome on every week and was just learning and soaking it up and trying to apply that. So yeah, that's that's how I started it and now I have, you know, 12 people in the Philippines that work for me and they're an amazing team. Uh they're awesome. I just I love them. They're they come with I do a lot of consulting for big companies now and uh you know, my team comes with me and we just, you know, we fix things and it's it's beautiful. So I can't imagine doing it without a team. I went on a trip to Peru for a whole week and I didn't even bring my laptop. And I was just like, this is what it's like
0: to be a business owner. This is beautiful. Awesome. And you know, you brought up a really great point is that people spend so much time working in their business instead of on their business. That makes the difference, right? When you're trying to do all those daily little tiny tasks that really you've totally outgrown and you should not be doing them. You know, you've got to look at the bigger picture, right? And be Working on those bigger picture items. I think that kind of is that that turning point, right? Where you just say, hmm, somebody else could probably be doing this, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you
1: know, everybody has their little magic sauce that they just love. Like I still love SEO and I still love, you know, writing. There's other things that I love even more. And so mm-hmm. what I did is, you know, I tracked my time for a week. And and I do this every once in a while when I start to get busy in my businesses again, because I started a new Mexico sourcing business and, um, and that has required me to work a lot in the business. When you're first starting, you've got to develop those processes. You've got to figure things out, you know, as, as the owner, you're kind of wearing all the hats in the beginning. And then you're like, okay, I think I could lead someone else through this now. You know, it's so important to track your time every once in a while. And so for me, I, I, wrote down all of my response, track my time for a week. And um, the way that I do time tracking is I'll write down the task, I'll write down the description of the task. Um, I'll write down how much time I spent to do it. And then I'll write down whose job is it? Is it mine or am I doing somebody else's job, right? And then the most important things is I say, is this outsourceable and to who? And to who is to what position? So should a social media manager be doing this? Should an administrative assistant be doing this? And um, what I did at the end of that is, you know, you can sort by how much time you spent and who it's outsourceable to. And then you have a job description for your first hire. And the other thing that I did is I started I wrote down my big goals, the big things that I wanted to grow, and I put them in what I call a parking lot. <laughs> I was a war planner in the military, so um you know, planning comes very easy to me. I'm used to planning, I'm used to managing operations and that systems and that kind of stuff and leading teams through things. So um, you know, I'm always planning. And that's a big part of my success, is because I'm always like every month I plan, every week I do my weekly planning, every quarter, every year. And so over here on my whiteboard in the parking lot, which is where you put things that are not immediately part of your plan, but you want to save for later. I had all these things that, you know, like I wanted to just do workshops and travel. I wanted to just do speaking. I wanted to have a content team. I wanted to have a marketing team. I want to get into venture capital. So I got all these things here and everything I have met all of them I except for one except for venture capital which I'm working on right now I'm growing in the way there but um, all the things that I wanted to do I said I looked at my my list of things and I was like I just want to cre- to create content like as you know like this right now um, and I just want to host workshops and events and I just want to travel that's all I want to do and so I went from doing all my own social media doing all my own writing doing all my own emails Checking, you know, and I just slowly started like, okay, I can hire a social media manager. I'm doing it right now so I can teach somebody else to do it. Right. And I just started hiring those things out. And uh, now when I look at that parking lot and I go, wow, look how far I've come. You know, I really, I've made it to where I'm living the life that I want to live. And, you know, and I'm enabling somebody else that has that, that loves doing social media and loves doing, you know, copywriting. I'm not only teaching them a new process and growing them, but I'm allowing them to do something that they enjoy. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of fulfillment
0: um, that comes from that. Yeah, for sure. Such a great point, too, is that planning, because I think a lot of times we tend to do things just like because we have to get them done. It's like on the fly, there's no forethought. What a difference it makes when you're planning those things out, because then you have actual, trackable, measurable goals that you're reaching and not just, you know, bah, running around just trying to get everything done, right? That's yeah. an excellent point.
1: And I have a, a planning system that I use. And I actually teach this to my clients and my mastermind group. And people have really said that it's changed their, their productivity levels and, you know, the way that they run their businesses. And I really simplify planning because, you know, a lot of people get Intimidated by planning because, you know, we read all these things. You got to write smart goals. It has to be specific and measurable. And okay, but if you're not ready to put a timeline on that and you're not ready to do, just write down the top three things that you want to get done this month. What are your top three priorities this month? Write down those. And then for each of those top three priorities, write a to do list, a basic to do list. Just, okay, I want to launch a new product. What's your basic? to-do list. If I want to launch a new product um, in the next three months, right? You know, obviously I'm not going to get that done this month. Okay. uh, I guess I need to do some product research. Okay, cool. What else do I need to do? Uh, I need to, um, you know, uh, validate my product after that. I need to uh, then work on some sourcing uh, to source the product. Now I've written down three things, you know, that I need to do to meet that goal. And then I can put a date on those that basic to-do list. So that's kind of the process that we run people through we, at the end of the month, the last week of the month in our mastermind group, what we do is we get together and I run a planning session and everybody, all the entrepreneurs, they come and they just, I say, get a piece of paper out. Here we go, guys, write down your top three goals, right? What are you doing this month? I don't care about measurable. I don't care about, just throw that out the window. Just tell me what you want to get done. What do you want to get done this month? Okay, cool. Now, put those in priorities. What's your number one priority? What's the one thing out of those three that you have to get done? Okay. What's number two? What's number three? Great. Okay. Now take number one, write your basic to-do list. Cool. Three, three or four or five things max. We're not making a huge to-do list. We're just kind of breaking it down. And then, so we do that for all three of our top goals. And then all we do is apply a week number. So we go, okay, mm-hmm. I've got four weeks in a month. So what on my to-do list am I going to get done in week one to two? Okay. Yeah. You know, if I'm if I'm launching a product, I need to set up my pay-per-click advertising. Okay. That's probably going to take me, oh, I could do that during week one. Okay. And then I need to uh, send the product into Amazon. Oh, that's week one. Never mind. PPC is <laughs> week two, right? You know, so you've got your little to-do list, you put your week numbers next to it. And then what I tell everybody to do is now we're going to go over to our calendar and we're going to stack these things on Monday of that week. So okay. for our three priorities... We just stack all of our week one stuff on that Monday. And then what do we do the previous Friday or the first thing that Monday morning? We just go, okay, this week, I've got these three priorities from my goals. That way, you know, you can go, all right, I'm gonna chunk out three hours to set up my PPC on Tuesday. I've got some time in my schedule, right? So we chunk out our time, we figure out when we're gonna get those things done. And then at the end of the month on our next planning session we get to celebrate how far we've come Mm -hmm. and it's awesome and that way you don't feel like you're just always putting out fires because if you don't plan if you don't take your time to just really use this is what's important to me nothing's important to you and you're stressed out all day and you're just constantly putting out fires you have no when you set goals it allows you to sleep at night it allows you to um really say no to things that aren't important and are not in alignment with your goals right sure. and it allows you to celebrate and that motivates you to get the next thing done and the next thing done so yeah if if i could give people one piece of advice that will make the biggest difference anytime i feel stressed out i stop everything and i plan because it mm-hmm. means that i don't have a plan and Uh, And planning doesn't have to be this, you don't have to write a book, just keep it simple.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic advice. Thank you for sharing. You mentioned earlier a few books that were important to you. And if you wouldn't mind sharing those with us again, and then if there's any other books that you wanna share or podcasts that you're listening to that you think are beneficial for our listeners, that would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, so I think that you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course, was a really important book for me. Um, It really changed my mindset about what was possible. Um, And then after that, I read The Cash Flow Quadrant. And that helped me realize that if I don't build assets, I'll be working for the rest of my life. And uh, it really helped me understand that. So those, those two books were really good for initial like mindset for entrepreneurship and realizing this is how you actually do pull off becoming rich, right. By building these Mm -hmm. assets. And, And this is how you can do it, whether you're working and saving money from that and investing, or whether you have your own businesses, but that was those two books were really fundamental. And then I would say two books that were really important in helping me grow as a business owner and helping me become a business owner, go from self-employed to business owner, were um, Clockwork by Michael Michalowicz um, and also uh, The E-Myth Revisited. Um, I forget who wrote The E-Myth, but that book is incredible because it gives you concrete examples of how you will never scale your business if you don't build systems and hire people. And it gives you examples of all these different types of businesses that, you know, it helps you just understand, you know, wow, okay, I've got to fix that. So clockwork was great for me to hire my first employee and start thinking about systems in my businesses. But the e was like the come to Jesus meeting, you know, like, okay, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, two books psychologically that, and, and mental health wise that have made an incredible difference in my life. Um, spiritually, I would say, um, in helping you just choose to live your best life are, um the first one was called The Inner Work. And um, that's by Matt and Ash. And it's uh the inner work, uh lasting invitation to freedom and happiness. And that that book was just a really beautiful uh book for me. And then the second one that was just huge in my spiritual and and personal growth journey was uh it's an audio book and it's called living from a place of surrender by michael singer that book is probably one of the most impactful books that i've ever read in my life um or listened to because it's kind of he it's read by the author and and he just does a great job of of
0: uh helping
1: you realize that you don't have to live up to anybody else's standards you can
0: just um enjoy the journey Those are fantastic recommendations. Thank you so much for sharing those. And we did chat just a little bit uh, before we started the show about the holidays coming up. So I think the book that you just mentioned probably helps a little bit with that, where we place so many expectations on ourselves um, around the holiday season and and what we think needs to be done and how we think we should be doing things. It sounds like maybe that one's a good one to help let go of some of those, those expectations that we place on ourselves.
1: Yeah. You know, I think as women, we, especially when we're moms we're moms we're homemakers you know we are overachievers Um, we really place a lot of um, importance on caring for others and we don't always take the time to care for ourselves and what happens is we don't bring then our best selves to our children and our husbands and our you know our our work environment and um, so I think it's really important as women that we uh, realize that you don't need to meet everybody else's expectations to be the perfect mom, to be, you know, the, the, they have the perfect house decorations for Christmas, or, you know, I, I was just telling Desiree before we hit record, I was like, you know, I don't do any of that. I was like, I booked a beach vacation. Like I <laughs> I don't worry about, you know, decorating perfectly for the holidays or anything like that. I just live my best life and, and try to bring my best self. We can't pour from an empty cup. So, you know, try to bring your best self to, uh, to the people that
0: you love. That's excellent advice. I love it. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate you being here with us and sharing so much great information and knowledge. If, if somebody had any questions, how would they be able to reach you?
1: Yeah, sure. They can visit me anytime at amazingathome.com. Um, that is uh, our website for consulting and events and all that kind of fun stuff. And then, of course, you can find me on LinkedIn, Amy Weiss. And we do have a Facebook group. If you're an Amazon seller or you're uh, an e-commerce entrepreneur and you want to connect with others, we have a Facebook group called Amazing
0: at Home. So you can check that out and, and join us there. Awesome. Thank you again, Amy. I so appreciate you being on the show and have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening.